Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here today with ESPN's front office insider, Bobby Marks. We talk about my news about the Chicago Bulls beginning a search now for a new top executive to run basketball operations. Uh, we talk about the marketplace for other potential job openings. And then, of course, the NBA shutdown and what a return to play might look like, how it's going to impact uh, not only this year, but future years. So a visit with ESPN's front office insider, Bobby Marks. Let's get to it. Hey, guys, five-hour energy shots are portable and effective at giving you the alert, energized feeling you need to get work done. Even if you are working from home, because that couch can be a little too convenient. Five-hour energy shots help you get through your day with zero sugar, four calories, and a convenient portable size. It's the perfect pick-me-up for busy, hardworking people, even if you're working from home. It also comes in two great extra-strength tropical tastes, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can take you on a tropical, get-stuff-done experience. Go online to 5hourenergy.com to learn more. Here with Bobby Marks, ESPN's NBA front office insider. Bobby, how are you? I'm good, Woj. How are you doing? Good. You you sound better than about two hours ago. Would you <laughs> like, when, I, when I talked to you, where were you and, 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 and what happened? Let's get that out of the way at the, at the very top here. Yeah, so the quick story is that we have a rescue dog who's about – we've had her for about two, two months, and uh, – She's a, she's been recovering from an illness, so she's on prednisone. I was on my way back from the vet to get a checkup, and I had to stop to get her some food and left her in a car with the car running. And I came back, and she had uh, urinated all over the front seats. So um, that's what I uh, that's what I welcomed. Uh, that's what I happened when I opened the door and uh, had a little bit of a cleanup. But hey, what's going on in the world right now? It's uh, it's minute, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that absolutely, absolutely. Well, we we have something here, Bobby, that is rare. Uh, certainly, over the last few weeks, and maybe even for the next few weeks, we have some news that is not built around the NBA shutdown or the hiatus or when the league might come back or even uh, salaries and 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 possible force majeure. All those issues that we've been talking about. We have actually a team organization story. Uh, the Bulls have started their front office search for a new uh, a new top executive, whether that title is going to be president or executive vice president. Uh, they've let John Paxson and Gar Foreman both know of their plans to start the search now. It appears Paxson will stay in some kind of advisory role. He's been the team's general manager and then then executive VP since 2003 replaced Jerry Krause, which is pretty uh, remarkable run and and certainly connects back to a different era. And then Gar Foreman, uh, I'm told and and reported that there'll be some more conversations with the organization about maybe some kind of a role going forward in some capacity. But the Bulls are going to start interviewing candidates. They're going to reach out and ask for permission on Arturis Kanishevis in Denver. The general manager works with Tim Connolly, uh, who's the uh, president in Denver, and Josh Kroenke, their 
their owner slash governor, and then uh, another executive that the Bulls, I'm told, would like to speak to, Bobby Webster, who's the GM in Toronto, where they won the championship last year, works under Masai Ujiri, and and they'll talk to some others. Um, but what do you think first, Bobby, about the timing of it doing it now to get that search underway during the hiatus instead of waiting till the formal end of the season. Uh, and, and then what do you think of that job? Well, first I'll answer uh, the second question first. I, I, I think the, the Chicago job is probably one of the, uh, even though this team has been in the lottery uh, most recently, it's, it's still one of the more premier jobs uh, in the league here based on certainly the history of the Bulls, um, big city, big market. Um, there is some type of foundation there, um, already. Um, I think we'll probably talk about that a little bit more there, but, um, so, so yeah, I think there is certainly appeal there when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to the job, as far as the, the timeline, as far as, you know, where, where we are right now, um, you know, Hey, we're all home, right? <laughs> to get your house in order, as far as if you're going to start the hire or the interview process, um, we've, you know, teams got all the time in the world right now to, to, to go about and, uh, and do that because eventually, Woj, as you know, there's going to be an off season here, right? We don't know if, when it's going to be, um, if it's in August or September or July, who, who knows when it's going to be. So I think to, to be prepared is, is the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think you look at this time frame now, this hiatus to have somebody in place over the next several weeks. And to let him start building out his front office, how he would do that. It allows you to, if the season does hypothetically resume in June and you're going to have a couple of weeks of a training camp and then a team like Chicago is just going to play a few games and then their season would be over. It gives you a chance to evaluate the players and it's not a full evaluation. You're not going to make, listen, if you're interested in the job, you've already studied the roster and you've probably even watched a little film on the guys. Uh, you're going to evaluate the coach and make a decision on him, on the coaching staff. And so it does give you a window to do that once the season, if the season resumes. And then once that, once your team season ends and everyone else goes on to the playoffs, then you're moving quickly into preparing for the draft and free agency, which may not be till if we, if we do have the season resume, we probably don't have a draft or free agency till September until the season's over. But what if you wait on this and all of a sudden we get to June 1st or June 5th or June 10th and there's an environment where the season can't resume, where they say we're going to have to, we're not close enough to being able to return to work in the NBA. We're out of time. We've got to look at canceling the season. Well, now all of a sudden you've got the draft on June 25th. You got free agency on June 30th. Those very well probably then just stay intact. And so you can't, you don't want to start your search then. So I think it makes a lot of sense in, in any scenario that you get it done now, especially in a circumstance like Chicago where, you know, Pax and Gar Foreman knew they, they were aware of what was coming. And so I think you do this search now. You can't interview people in person. Uh, you're going to have to do this at least the first round of it anyway on. Skype or Zoom or wherever you are, that's going to make it a little different. But there, there are in the last few years, there's been plenty of front office interviews that have been done 
first rounds of interviews done on Skype or done electronically. It isn't, I don't think it's the best way to do it, but I think it's number one, it's what's available right now and, and you, and you'll make do with it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's not ideal, but I mean, the, the, the times we're living in right now are not ideal. So you basically have to adjust to it. And I think, you know, going about and, and, and putting a front office uh, together right now, instead of waiting until June or, or even July, you know, you, you, you eliminate the mad scramble. And, you know, when you, when you call around and you talk to teams right now during this, you know, everybody's still working. Right. I mean, you're either you're going through your draft process, you're you're breaking down film, you're um, um, evaluating players during the week. You're having weekly conference calls with with your scouts. I think if you look at Chicago right now, if the season ended, you know, of course, the, whatever happens with the lottery, you know, you got a, a top 10 pick that's sitting at seven. You've got a second round pick that you acquired from Memphis. So. You can get a head start on that. Uh, you go through the roster evaluation of this um, Bulls team. Uh, instead of waiting until mid-June or early July, you have a two-month head start there. And there's a lot of different questions that you are going to need to answer. Certainly one of them will be as far as what you do with, um, you know, with your head coach. But you have a, you know, you have got some key free agents. You know, certainly Chris Dunn. Um, you have got the Lori Markinen um, rookie extension coming up here. Um, Otto Porter's got a, um, a player option. Um, and think, I think you, th- you think you think Otto Porter might pick that up. Bobby? I would say I would say there's what is there 41 players that have player options. <laughs> I think we might go 41 for one for 41 this year. I think those letters are already drawn up. Yeah, 20, 20, 20, 25 million dollars. What is he about? 25 million dollars? I think he's about 28 and has played about yeah. like, uh, half a dozen games this year. Yeah, I think I, that's I, going to be a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Otto Porter. Yeah, we'll pick that up. And I think and then, and then of course the big thing's going to be is that you know it's. It's funny when we when we talk about um, Zach Levine is that um, you know he it feels like it was just yesterday when he had signed that offer sheet in Sacramento and then the Bulls eventually matched but hey going into next year he's got two years left on his contract so he's uh, he's extension eligible um, this off season here but as you know when you get to those two year window and two years left and you haven't won that many games then it gets to put a little more pressure on that front office. Yeah, Bobby, the, the people you talk to in the league still think Chicago is an elite job. It's, it's a plum job. You have, you know, ownership there. You know, Michael Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf's son is the president and, you know, really operates the organization. And, you know, by all accounts, he wants to let basketball people run basketball operations. That's not the case with ownership everywhere. And that makes a job more appealing. Uh, to candidates that they know they can go in. Nobody has full autonomy. You know, very few executives really truly have full autonomy. But that's a place where I, I think the belief is they're going to let you make the decisions and, 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 and hire and make deals and decisions and draft and trade and do all the things that uh, a president slash GM wants or feels like he needs to do. So that, that's certainly, uh, uh, makes the job more appealing. It's Chicago. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. It's an incredible basketball town. You, you know the history there. It resonates all over the world. The Bulls still do because of Michael Jordan. And, you know, that still makes it a place that resonates with players. And so you need to run it well. You need to draft well. You need to build an infrastructure and then have a year where you create cap space and go out and try to get involved with the big 
free agents. And so uh, the Bulls get out in this marketplace right now at the beginning. They get to really have first crack at who's out there. Uh, I think our tourists, uh, Karnisovis in Denver, is someone to watch closely on this job. He's has the GM title in Denver. He was a candidate a couple of years ago to run the Bucks, And during that search process, Denver elevated him to the GM title. Philly wanted to talk to him before they hired Elton Brand. He declined that interview. Uh, and so he's been a name that um, uh, I think he interviewed in Brooklyn a few years ago uh, when he was an assistant GM for the job that eventually went to Sean Marks. And, and so I think he's going to be somebody who, uh, you know, they're going to take a close look at. Uh, we also reported, of course, uh, Bobby Webster in Toronto, who is extremely well, who's very accomplished, has been, was part of their championship, building a championship team there. And, and so, uh, whoever comes in there, I think, and you said, Bobby, there, there's some pieces, Markin in, Wendell Carter, uh, uh, Kobe White, uh, of course, and of course, Zach Levine. This isn't a team. I think people look at the record and say, there's more talent here than that record would indicate. Well, you're right. And, you know, the cupboard isn't bare. And it's, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, with cap space, which would come down the road eventually here is that, you know, Chicago's never really had a seat at the table, you know, trying to get one of these marquee guys. Yes, during LeBron and Wade back in, in 2010, but, you know, for a big market destination that's got a great fan base um, in a premier city, you know, they should be in the mix whenever these marquee free agents become, become available here. Um, and I think with, um, you know, what, you know, whoever is hired, if it's, you know, our tourists or, you know, possibly Bobby Webster, um, you know, there's a list of well-qualified, you know, um, you know, people out there is that it's not one of those jobs when you have to go in and just kind of go full player development, build through the draft. Hopefully you hit on one of these guys where I think you can do a little bit of um, a little bit of both. And you look back on the Otto Porter trade from a couple of years ago, and, and that trade was a, a, that trade was done for a big reason because the Bulls were never a player in, in free agency. And they figured you can go out and get a guy like Porter who had a, who had a couple years left, that big money, in a trade. And that would be their free agent um, acquisition. I don't think – I don't think that's the case moving forward or shouldn't be the case in moving forward where you can be a player when it comes to free agency. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action has acquired the secret to building a thicker, greener lawn. In return, they have taken all of the hard work out of the picture to give you more time to do nothing extra. People don't realize that it's easy to get the lawn of your dreams by simply feeding their lawn a few times Throughout the year, Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds to build thick green lawns. With Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action, you can finally get the lawn you've always dreamed of. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help your weak, thin lawn recover. When you feed with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action multiple times throughout the year, your grass will be greener, stronger, and more resilient. Pick up a bag today. This is a Scott's yard. Also, Scott's no quibble money back guarantee states, if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. This is a Scott's yard. Chicago starts their search, Bobby, and it's going to be interesting 
um, how other teams approach making changes in this offseason because something that's going to become a factor is cost. All of a sudden, as revenue has stopped and teams are losing money and they don't know what it's going to look like by the end of the year. Are, are they going to play any games? Are they going to are they going to get money back from the players in the force majeure if games are canceled? And as we reported, the teams will get that money back from the players in that process. So I do think some organizations that might have looked at making changes in the front office or even with head coaches who have money left on their deals – now they're looking at the cost of not just having to buy out or pay someone the balance of their contract. Now you're going out to hire somebody new and that the costs that come with that. And they're going to be looking at that against, you know, their balance sheet of what's gone on the last few months. And I, I am interested to see how that impacts uh, coaching and front office changes here in this offseason. Well, the economics have certainly have changed here where uh, if you were a team that was looking to make a coaching hire as soon as the season was over and if that coach had a couple years left, you probably maybe have have second thoughts. Eventually, though, you know, I don't know when we will get back to some some normalcy here. Um, you know, there is a there is somewhat of a benefit if your ownership during this whole draft process because you're going to save a ton of money here, right? I mean, the cost of being bringing in players, workouts, Chicago, um, the the prep work um, will be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it won't hit, you know, probably won't hit, hit a million dollars. But, yeah, I mean, there's going to be an economic cost as far as if, you know, if a, if a GM or a coach has, um, you know, multiple years left, can you afford to eat that money knowing that your revenue coming in is, is taking a dramatic um, decrease? No, that, that's exactly right. And uh, so, so then you, you sort of get out in this time period, Bobby, and you look at, I, I think the calendar part of it is going to, is confusing to owners, to executives, because they don't know if they're preparing for a draft on June 25th and free agency on June 30th. Or are they preparing for those events to be in September on the back end of a season? And it, it certainly impacts, I think, decisions on hiring and firing. Here's, here's an interesting point with hiring a new coach. And someone brought this up to me, and I thought it was a really interesting point. If you were going to hire a new coach at the end of the season, why wouldn't you look at doing it during the hiatus so that you're going to have this mini – mini camp slash training camp uh, when the players come back. And then you're going to play a few games. I'm not saying with the playoff teams. I'm not saying the teams uh, who, you know, are going to be in the postseason and you're just building off of the continuity and, and hopefully the success you had earlier in the year. But teams who are in the lottery who think they're not going to bring their coach back, why would you hire your coach during this time period make a coaching change. So the new coach comes in, he gets a couple weeks with those players. He gets to evaluate them a little bit. Now, again, like we said earlier, you're not going to make a full evaluation off of the shape guys are in. And then he gets to coach them a little while. Then you go into an off season and immediately now he's there to be there for your draft and your, your preparations. And then you're going to come back with another training camp a few months later for the next season. I, I'll be curious if anyone 
would would dare try that during this period? I, I don't think it's happening, but but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to if if that's the approach, and I, I certainly I, I I understand it. Where instead of waiting until you know, let's say the season doesn't get going until the end of June or early July, and now you're waiting three months to make a coaching hire when you already know that you're going to make a uh, move that you can do something. Now, I, I think probably the biggest thing would probably be if you're an ownership group, can you handle the 48 hours of public backlash, right? The PR perspective that you just let go a coach in the middle of uh, a pandemic that um, that's going on as far as from a, from a job perspective there. But I think if you have the stomach to do it, then I think that's certainly worth talking about, you know, internally. Yeah, and, and I haven't gotten the sense there's anybody out there um, who, who's probably going to do that. And uh, but but it, it, we're just in a world right now where I think everyone is looking at different ways to handle uh, every possible scenario uh, situation. Uh, what, what's the sense you've gotten, Bobby? We reported on the force majeure earlier in the week, and that's essentially the provision in the collective bargaining agreement that allows owners ownership in the league to, you know, basically withhold pay from players based on canceled games. So if a game gets canceled because of uh, a natural disaster, uh, a war, or in this case, an epidemic slash pandemic, there's a provision that uh, they're able to keep that money. What's been your sense from agents uh, people around the league about the impact that's not going to happen, not just the impact financially, but what's going to be the impact when the players do come back and there are going to be games left to play. How motivated necessarily guys are going to be if they've had money taken out of their checks for this? Do you think psychologically or emotionally it has an impact on players when you ask them to come back in these, what are going to be, whether it's living in a bubble, whether it's going to be a quick mini camp and then play again, What's been your sense in talking to people around the league? Well, I think it's all about preparing the players and how do you how do you sell players um, knowing that they've already had ten percent or will will have ten percent by May first, taking out of their pay in, 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 a, in a separate escrow right now. How and, do you that, sell- and, that's, and that's that's if they decide to do it. The union and the league are negotiating that uh, idea, and it's possible they won't have anything taken out. Right. Because if they don't agree to if the union doesn't agree to it. Right, Bobby. Then essentially the league, when the season's much later on, they're just going to take it out of your check. They're going to get it one way or another from you. You're going to. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, and I think that's the part of the agent in the in the player association as far as. You have to prepare your players that there's going to be a reduction somewhere. Right. Either in your the 10 percent escrow that's been funded currently or an additional escrow that you you reported on as far as you know if it's 25% of your of your remaining salary here um there you know or there's going to be the force majeure which is you know certainly the last resort the the NBA wants to do is kind of put the hammer down here and i think that's why um if you're if you're the players association you you want to make a deal um you want to make a deal um, that there is going to be some type of give back here. Um, the interesting part, and I think you hit it on the head, is that what is the motivation for, um, we've talked about Chicago right now, for a Bulls team that is headed to the lottery 
and and for forcing guy for having guys come back for three or four regular season games, right? To go through a two week mini camp to play, you know, three games here. Um, if you're an international player and you're over in uh, Europe right now, what is the motivation to come back to the states to train and then play right four regular season games and then have to go back there? And I think that is going to be the the, the tough sell. I think from an economic standpoint. I think the players are well aware of the situation we live in right now, where the unemployment rate is skyrocketing, right? Would we have 6 million people this week file for unemployment? Um, the economics that were a year ago are not there and probably won't be there for a little while here. And I think, I think it's going to be up to the player association and I said their agents to sell them on what the benefits of a, uh, a potential rollback here. Yeah, and then players are going to look at it and say, well, you know what? When the league gets whole next year, when when things get back to normal, the valuations of these teams aren't going to go down. The owners will make this money back uh, at some point on their next TV deal on uh, maybe we have a play-in tournament or we have a mid-season tournament next year. Maybe some of those things come into play that are extra revenue drivers. And they'll say, well, the owners are going to get their money back. We're not going to get this money back in the short term, but it's in the collective bargaining agreement. They negotiated it. And so it's simply the reality of the situation. You get what you negotiate. And so that's, that's just a fact of it. I think everybody in the league trying to kind of wrap their minds around what it would look like and what, what a return for the league would look like in June, July, August. I I know this, the league's hope is, their goal is objective is to have a season wrapped up by Labor Day weekend. And that way they could have the back end of the finals uh, right before the start of, or right at the start of football season, if indeed football starting. Uh, But there's just no way for them to know what it all looks like in June. I think if we're in June and they're not right at the cusp of being able to open up camps for a couple weeks, and then play a few regular season games. If you start to get into June and that doesn't seem like something that the league can move right into, then I think it becomes really hard to restart the league. Then you're, then you're looking at such a compact. At some point, the hardest decision, Bobby, is going to be what is a legitimate representative, like tournament playoff system? to really have a legitimate champion, not something that's just, you know, we've only got six weeks. We've only got five weeks. We've only got five and a half weeks and say, okay, this isn't legitimate and we have to walk away from it. I think that decision, if, if it comes down to that, it's going to be excruciating for everybody because while you do want to financially salvage what you can, it can't be something that feels or looks or seems farcical and uh and and without credibility is how to how to crown a champion and have a playoff. So I, I just think that's gonna be a fascinating part of this is is when it, we get down to those decisions. Well and the other fascinating part is going to be the integrity of 2020-21, right? Mm-hmm. I mean because there is a you know where what what is the, the the line in the sand that's drawn that we don't start taking games away from Next season, 
um, when we're looking at if this goes into a, in a best case scenario and we we're playing games in August and we're wrapping up by September, then certainly the next 2020-21 is, is impacted. And, you know, that's a story for another day as far as what happens with the cap calendar and, and the adjustments that are going to have to be made. But, you know, I, I had heard Jeff Van Gundy speak about, um, you know, about, you know, a potential, you know, with the playoffs and the schedule. And, and he made a great point. It's like, you know, do we, are we cheating ourselves when we're saying, you know, uh, we're going to go a best of three first round um, and do that for the rest of the playoffs um, just to try to get games in here. And mm-hmm. I think if you're the league, I think you have to look long and hard as far as what is the worth of just putting games on for the sake of games to crown a champion. If it's single elimination or best of three, um, because the, the it's, you know, as you know, it's going to be a challenge to get, you know, best of seven series in here. Um, you know, if we're not starting training camp in, in mid June and, and, and to try to put some, put some regular season games here to squeeze everything in here, that it's going to be some type of condensed playoffs. And I think from a league's perspective, is that better than nothing? Yeah, no, that's, uh, no, it's a great point. And that's going to be, those are the hard decisions that, that are going to have to be made. And, and there's no question next season is impacted. However, this plays out. Next season is impacted. What the schedule looks like. Free agency is going to be, this is not a summer to be a free agent. I think if you like, and it's not, it's also not necessarily the deepest. This is not considered a deep free agent class to begin with, but you know, certainly there are players who went in with expectation that they were going to get some long-term guaranteed deals out of this free agency. And I think what you may see, Bobby, whenever free agency comes you may see more one-year deals. Uh, you may see guys uh, taking teams wanting to do shorter deals, and and maybe teams who don't think they're contending, they may not spend. They may not go to the. Um, they may just get to the cap minimum to spend because they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay other bills uh, moving forward. So it's it, economically, it is has. It's not going to just impact the league economically, but the balance of power, the competitive balance of the league will it be impacted by this because there's organizations who are going to be feeling this financially more than others well and you're right and you know we've got uh you know, roughly around 3.8 billion was spent on player salaries this year you know that number is not going to move much higher for you know 2020 21 yes there'll be you know certainly some players that maybe make more than you know fred van lead out there in, in the world but you're right. The guys that have player options, the Andre Drummonds, the DeMar DeRozan, the Gordon Hayward, the likelihood is that those guys don't become free agents. They come back for the one year. Um, and if you're, if you're a guy like Joe Harris, does it make sense taking a, a team friendly deal instead of a one year deal and hoping that, you know, 2021, the following year, there's some normalcy back? And I think that's going to be the questions that, you know, that, that players are going to answer. But, uh, it would be set, you know, and the, and the funny thing is it, set, it sets up for a, a crazy 2021, right? In free agency here where we could go back and, you know, we'll see what the mechanics of the cap is going to be. And as far as if it's, if it takes a downward spiral next year and then shoots back up. But you know, remember, that's the next great free agent class. Um, you know, LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Victor Oladipo and 
Um, we'll see what happens with some of these rookie extensions, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum that will likely, you know, stay with their own team. But, you know, that's the, that's the, that's what we had earmarked for 2021. And it feels like we're almost going to skip this summer, right? <laughs> we're almost going to skip free agency here. We'll have some moves, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. No, it feels, and it feels strange even talking about like in this climate and I like, this is our job and we cover the league and the league's business is going to go on, but it's, I think it's going to feel increasingly strange to, I guess is one word to be talking about the numbers that we're throwing around, given what is happening around us in this country now, given the uh, climate, not just uh, the death toll that is and sickness that is around us, but the financial real impact of people who millions of people who are in real difficult situations that are going to get worse. So we're, we're thinking about them. We're all going to try to do what we can in our communities, uh, hopefully to ease the burden there. But Bobby, uh, great to have you on. Good to catch up. Make sure you clean that car fully um, before, uh, before you load the family you, I, back in. I, I, haven't do, I, I haven't done so. I've done more cleaning since I've been self-quarantined. I've been vacuuming, mopping floors, I bought a power washer, you name it. I even rearranged my office. So I'm starting to run out of projects here, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. I get yelled at for not wiping down anything. Like, you don't wear your shoes back. And I just, I'm just getting yelled at left and right. That's most of my day. But, uh, but stay safe, Bobby. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk soon, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest. ESPN's front office insider, Bobby Marks. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can also hear new episodes of The Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhurst, and The SVP Pod with Scott Van Pelt. We'll catch you next time. Woj.